Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to It's Your Life with James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr., two motivational speakers that are here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. Join James and Ray and get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's your hosts, James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr., Wow, Ray, man, I'm so excited about our show today, man. We've got some fantastic guests uh, that uh, is going to uh, describe and show our audience, uh, listen to audience, how to soar like an eagle. Soar you know, like because- an eagle. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because they have soared like an eagle. And uh, we always are out to try to educate uh, our listeners on what it takes to to, you know, dream big, think big, and be big, but also what it takes to actually go out there and do it. Yeah, I mean, when, when, you talk, when you're talking about people that are soaring like eagles, that are flying high, that are doing the best at the top of their game, um, you know, I was thinking about the song, Fly Like an Eagle. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it keeps me busy. I, I love it. But, you know, when you talk about people at the top of their game, it inspires and motivates other people to try to reach that same goal. So we're so excited to have these guests on. But I, I want to know how you've been doing this, this week, JC. Well, I've been doing just fine, but we got another guest in there with you, Ray. Oh, we yeah. got Dr. Joy. Oh, yeah. Right. No, no, no. Our whole show looks better right now. It's much smarter right now. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me again. It's such an honor to be on your show. Well, it's always a pleasure, Dr. Joy. You bring so much insight and so much wisdom to what we're trying to instill into our listening audience. So uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. And I'm so excited to hear from the Admiral and the Second Lieutenant and Danger Man. So this is going to be a great show. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah. So so, so how you been this week, man? Is, have, you, have you been busy? I know you went back to, to Texas. So I'm just, just, just checking in on you. Well, you know, just like I, I mentioned, I just finished up my audio book, so uh, I got to uh, head back to uh, California real soon. But, you know, the, the biggest challenge that I've been having, Ray, is just this temperatures here, man. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's hot. Yeah, I mean, yeah very, it's very re- hot. Really, humid, really hot. Right? It's hot and humid, and, you know, I still have to get out there and get my six miles in regardless of the – the situation, the circumstances. Uh, my oldest son, James III, is here this week, and so he's been going out there with me. And I tell you, man, yesterday was a tough one. I almost passed out. You didn't take Michelle with you? Oh, no. See, she's not going out there, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I know when it gets that hot. I, I walked outside uh, earlier this morning. My wife was like, yeah, you're going to turn the AC on today. <laughs> Like, no, no, it was, it's not that San Diego breeze going, but it's, it's super hot and crazy. So, and, and you lived in Alabama like me, so you know to drink, hydrate when you go on those runs. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, you know. So, uh, Ray, what, what what have you and Doctor Joy been doing this week? Man, it's it's been busy. I've been trying to finish up my my youth book that I've been doing with uh, Doctor Earl Soto and Doctor John Hubbard. Um, so we're getting pretty close with that workbook and you know, hopefully done in the next month or so. And then Joy and I, you know, of course, we have launched team consulting. We've been just pounding away and, and, and working, you know, especially nowadays when, uh, you know, the training for diversity, inclusion and and uh, and culture and, and, and organizations is, is so much needed. Uh, you no, know, we're, we're pretty busy right now. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, we need that in, in, in our world. I mean. We need all the training that we can get right now. So uh, you guys keep up the great work. I um, mean, and, and sooner or later, I guess we all going to get back out there on the speaking tour. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and- I'm waiting, waiting for that. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to get out there. You know, I, I had I had a, uh, you know, a couple of folks from the, from the Navy uh, call me and ask me, say, when are you coming back out here from uh, the overseas? And when are you coming back? I said, as soon as they let me on that plane, I'm, I'm coming. So <laughs> I'm ready to roll. Hey Ray, let, let, let's, let's let's talk about uh, our guest that, that's here today. Man, I tell you, we got some fantastic guests. Uh, one of the, the guests uh, is one of my scholarship recipients uh, four years ago, and uh, he just uh, graduated. I think about a week ago from the the West Point Army Academy. 
Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm so ha- happy about him. We also got Vice Admiral Jeffrey Fowler, who is the former superintendent of the U.S. Navy Academy. I mean, wow. man, I tell you, man. Uh, and we got this motivational speaker, which I, you know, enjoy chatting with. I mean, I'm chat with him a couple of times yesterday and I love what he's doing and he's better known as Danger Man. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> you know? he's, he's finding a different way to approach and, and, and talk to the youth. So I'm, I'm excited about hearing from all, from all our guests today. Yes, yeah, so I, I tell you, so uh, I, I guess uh, let's let's bring on our first guest, Ray. Uh, uh, just like I, I mentioned to you about uh, uh, I call him DJ. I mean, I've been knowing him for a long, long <laughs> time and I am so proud of him. Uh, and he just graduated, as I mentioned, from the uh, from West Point, and uh, he graduated with a, a bachelor's degree in business management. And he will be attending the, the Air Defense Artillery Basic Officer Leadership Course uh, coming up real soon. Wow. And uh, his first assignment, I think he already got that. But I tell you what, let's bring on uh, Lieutenant Desmond Lorenzo Young Jr. and let's let's let him tell us a little about it. How you doing, DJ? Great, sir. Thank you all for having me. Oh, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you. And congratulations on your on your recent graduation as well. I appreciate that so much. I'm grateful for it all. You, you know we got you outnumbered with some Navy people on here today, too. <laughs> and I promise not to say I promise not to say go Navy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was telling Mr. Cooley that the other day when I was speaking to him. Because uh, you know what our slogan is too. I was, was going to hold it back. I was going to get it started. Well, good. Well, welcome. Well, t- tell What's us, DJ. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to ask DJ, uh, and it's so for him to tell us the story about what it took to get him in the academy. Uh, DJ, uh, DJ, yes, can you sir, ask that question? You. Yes, sir. I, I can. Um. So the big thing for me, at least, um, I know that, like, I never really thought about a service academy. So I was working with Mr. Cooley and uh, a lot of other people trying to weigh my options. And I was also a football player. So I was I was just trying to go to school. Um, thankfully, uh, I started speaking to West Point, uh, one of the recruiters. And then I started learning a lot more about it and, like, what service academies really were. Uh, what I really found that, that helped me in getting into the academy was so like what what service academies like to see is like uh, prior leadership, like just just a, a baseline knowledge. And like, of course, academics have to be strong, but they look for uh, things that helped me a lot. Of course, were I was vice president of Black Student Union back in my high school. I participated in my trial. Um, I worked with, yeah, as I said, J.C. Cooley Foundation, and I was on a society. Things like that, of course, helped. But, like, I, one of the big things that other schools don't look at is, like, I played three different sports throughout high school. And because one of the things that most schools don't have to do is participate in sports uh, while they're there. Right. And that physical side is a whole part of being at an academy. So, that's that's one of the big things, just like keeping it short is just just being well-rounded and having a baseline, like academics uh, being solid, just things like that really, really helped me out. And with, with people like that, I think they, they shoot for being able to build our leadership from from whatever we came from like that. Excellent. Excellent. So so how, how did uh, your athletics um you know, you playing sports translate into you know, like your first year at West Point. Did it uh, was it help you to be more disciplined, or, or tell me a little bit about that? You know, uh, my, my time here was a little rocky, um, especially my first year. Uh, first year, Mister Cooley, I've spoken to him about. So, as it all worked out, I I got recruited to play football here, um, and. My, well, it kind of backfired because um, from high school I was I was like pretty, pretty high in academics and I was I was good at my sport. But then entering a new level, like a new like caliber of people around you, it really surprised me and I I I got hit pretty hard with the academic side of things because I was 
I was thinking I was just here to play football. I didn't really know the bigger purpose of what West Point was in itself. Um, and that showed. Uh, so I definitely had to, had to reorient myself and like get my priorities straight basically. And as we find out later on, I, I didn't stay on the football team and I just focused on academics. I raised my GPA by almost a point. Um, just like figuring out what I need to do, but the sports I played in high school, like definitely passed on through here. Cause there's that baseline of leadership that you learn playing sports growing up and just like teamwork, working to, together, like togetherness in itself. That's something huge that, that we definitely focus on here and helped me a lot throughout the years. Wow. You know, I tell you, uh, uh, we're so proud of you, but, you know, we're going to come back and we're going to talk to uh, Lieutenant Young a little more, but we got to take a station break now, right now. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley of Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. It's Your Life is Back. For more lessons on life, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Now here's your hosts, James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. Wow, Ray, I tell you, man, this young man that we're talking to right now, man, I tell you, I'm so impressed with him. Uh, Lieutenant Young, what were some of the most beneficial experiences from the last four years? Uh, yes, sir. I, I was grateful to have tons of opportunities presented to me. I was blessed to be a part of all of the, um, aside from the many people that I've met that have helped me through it, just like some, some of the experiences that I might not have had at another school or just thankful for having was like my sophomore year, I had an internship at Johnson and Johnson in their headquarters. Um, and that you don't think of things like that from a military academy, considering we go into service right afterwards, but opportunities like that, I was, I was on Fox news to celebrate the army's birthday. Um, I went to travel to Mexico city to like play with another country, play football with another country. Um, and just just like the simple every every summer we have military training and there's just tons of life lessons you learn there you learn about yourself and just just the gruesomeness of the academics military and physical side of everything definitely just just cranks away at like building your character who you are as a person and i'm just i'm just thankful to have all of those opportunities that slowly build myself as a person and yeah, that's, well, well, that's, that's amazing. And you know what? We're, we're, we're inspired by you. We're proud of you. But I, I have the toughest question of the day for you. I want to know how that transition was going from the West Coast weather to that East Coast weather. <laughs> 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 Look, that's one of the things that really took me by surprise. My first year here. I, I saw, I saw snow one time in my life being from, being from California. And then I came here the first winter. I was I was shocked, and that <laughs> really woke me up. Yeah. Definitely have the morning formations. I was I was shivering every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I moved out of California. <laughs> East Coast is tough. What, well, Lieutenant, what do you look forward to in the future? As you know, being a, a, a West Point grad and an Army officer, what are your plans? Uh, yes, sir. Um, so the what old grads, as we call them, people who graduate from West Point, they, they like to say 
it's good being from West Point, not at West Point. So now I'm just starting to open, see how that is. Um, specifically, like right off after I go to Oklahoma, go to officer training school, I'll be in Korea, uh, South Korea, actually, in January. And that will be my first assignment. Um, I get to look forward to, like, putting everything I've learned here into play, having soldiers under me, and just being able to lead them as best as I can, and just sharing as much as I can, learn everything that I can. And I'm just really excited about that. Just, and the years after that, who knows, like, the uh, other opportunities I'll have. And just people I'll get to meet, places I get to go. I'm just super excited about everything. Well, we're so excited uh, about your future, and we're going to bring on our next guest. And, uh, Lieutenant, uh, this this next guest is, wow, the former superintendent of the United States Naval Academy. Uh, he's doing a lot of great things uh, in the Naval Academy. He was a submariner. I mean, not in the Naval Academy, but growing up in the Navy uh, uh, from the submarine community where he commanded uh, several uh submarines and major commands and, and etc. I mean, uh, looking at his uh, resume and bio, wow, I, I mean, just, uh, we're we going to let him tell us a little bit more about him because he's truly a hero. Uh, you know, so without any further ado, let's bring in Vice Admiral Jeffrey Fowler. How you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, uh, James, Ray, and Joy. Um, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate your message uh, to soar like an eagle and encourage young people like our, our new lieutenant here. And 42 years ago, I was where he is now, and it just kind of makes me old. But uh, the journey is is great, and I'm happy to talk about that. Well, thank you. Welcome to the show, sir. Uh, it's amazing to have you on, especially a submariner. You know, every time I, I speak for the Navy, the submarine guys always tell me that they're the smartest people in the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and I have that conversation. I say, "Yeah, you guys are pretty sharp." <laughs> so, so how how was it growing up in, in Bismarck, North Dakota? How how did that shape your life and your career? Well, uh, I was very fortunate, very blessed. Uh, you know, Bismarck, uh, two loving parents. It's a safe environment. Um, yeah, we lived in humble means, but but certainly adequate. Uh, just had great schools and, and teachers. And I think the biggest influence was the culture of just hardworking, you know, farmers and ranchers who, uh, hey, it's a Sunday or Saturday, you know, the cows really don't care. Uh, and, you know, all that you know, translates into military duty and that very well. So I got off to a great start. And, and you know, from there, I was able to, you know, just take it one step at a time. Wow. Hey, Admiral, what got you interested in joining the Navy and going to the U.S. Navy Academy? Well, kind of two things, I think. Uh, my dad was an enlisted man in the Korean War on, a, on a, uh, the USS Soli, a destroyer. And he went around the world, and this is all before he even met my mom. So we had lots of sea stories, and, you know, joining the Navy, see the world was certainly in my background there. But I also grew up back when we were just going to the moon and you know i i love math and science and i was going to be an astronaut and i was going to fly to the moon and i said well maybe i'll just be a navy jet pilot well you can we can talk a little more about how that worked out but uh <laughs> that was sort of the motivation from there but then you know then when it gets down to individual you know, okay here you are signing up you know where are you going to go to college uh, i was fortunate enough to get a uh an rotc scholarship to notre dame and I also had, a point, I had an appointment to the Naval Academy. Well, Notre Dame required $1,300 a year room and board. This other place is free. I'd never been to either <laughs> one. <laughs> that, that, that made that decision a little bit easier. Huh? <laughs> I, this is how 17-year-olds think. You know, hey, I'm just going to go to the free place. Little did I know, as uh, Lieutenant Young knows, you sort of pay for some of that freeness, you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Well, you, you talk talk about uh, about flying. Uh, we get, we have a, a backseater of, of F fourteens here, <laughs> Doctor Joy. So, so she, she knows she knows about that flying in jets. Well, what, what what's uh, allowed now for our current graduates 
or current midshipman actually, is they can fix your eyes. But uh, I was uh, nearsighted, and back back in the day, you had that perfect vision to be a pilot. Wow. So I decided to fly underwater. And in a sense, you know, I spent four years underwater over my career, and it's like four years at International Space Station. So, you know, it's very close. You make your own water. You make your own oxygen. Uh, a, a lot of similarities. So I really did enjoy my submarine life. But it's another lesson to young people is you have a dream. I think, you know, reach for the dream. If you hit a fork in the road you didn't plan on, just keep pushing forward and, and good things will happen. Wow, excellent. Wow. And when you, when you, when you talk about uh, you know, being in the submarine, I mean, that, that's just one thing, a personal question that I have. How, what, what was it like being you know, under the sea in a submarine for, what, months at a time? Yeah, I've been uh, underwater for more than two months on four separate occasions. Uh, the longest was 77 days. Uh, as you see, really, with almost any military unit, whether it's the Army, Air Force, I mean, you know, there's a lot of enclosed spaces, close close confines, not a lot of luxury, you know, uh, convenience for the people uh, as you carry out your, your your missions. But it also makes you a family. I mean, you're not many people, not many civilians, you know, live and work, live, sleep, eat at work, you know, for months at a time. And you get to know your shipmates really so well, and they become lifelong friends, which is something you really can't find anywhere else. Excellent. Wow, so, see, all, all of you that was worried about being together during quarantine, imagine being under the sea. <laughs> we put it together. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's sort of interesting. Usually when you go to sea, uh, the first couple of weeks, we kind of share the little sniffles and colds going around. And then we're good. I mean, there's nothing coming in. Then we're good. We're good until we open the hatches again. Then you come home and <laughs> go say hi to the kids and the family. And there you are. You know, sickness comes back. <laughs> Hey, Amber, going back to uh, the uh, Navy Academy experience, uh, we got uh, Dr. Joy and her husband, Will, uh, that's, uh, that also graduated from the Navy Academy. What is special about the experience as a midshipman at the U.S. Academy? Well, I think Lieutenant Young talked a lot about it, uh, you know, with any of the service academies. And, yeah, we compete against each other during the year, but certainly once we graduate, we're out there you know, supporting each other, but it, you know, moral, mental, physical, uh, development and in a leadership laboratory where everybody's forced to live on campus in the same dorm, uh, to allow leadership to practice and, and allow failures and allow, you know, chances to learn from that before you go out and lead actual troops or actual sailors. Uh, so that aspect of it, and as he mentioned to the fact you, know, you have to be physically fit to, to be in the military. Uh, you know, as great as Stanford, Harvard, and other great schools are, they in general don't care about that or certainly don't emphasize that much. Wow. You know, we're going to have to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue our conversation with Admiral Fowler. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. James and Ray have more motivation and inspiration for life's challenges still to come with It's Your Life on The Answer San Diego. Build a better business today with Launch Team Consulting. Launch Team Consulting provides human resources, change management, and ethics training for businesses and organizations looking to create a culture of excellence. Launch Team Consulting is here to increase revenues, productivity, and teach you how to launch your business to new heights. With over 90 years of combined experience, the staff at Launch Team Consulting can help improve business performance and strategy. Visit LaunchTeamConsulting.com to learn how we strive to help business owners develop a solid foundation and solid building blocks of leadership so that they can flourish. Launch Team Consulting also offers executive coaching too to help business leaders achieve professional goals. Contact Launch Team Consulting at 619-940-6362. That's 619-940-6362. Or visit LaunchTeamConsulting.com. That's LaunchTeamConsulting.com. Putting you on the path to success with Launch Team Consulting. 
It's Your Life is Back. For more lessons on life, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Now here's your hosts, James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr. Welcome back to It's Your Life. Uh, Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. Wow, wow, Ray, I tell you, uh, just... uh, you know, the Navy, you know how I feel about the Navy. I, I spent 23 years in the Navy. And uh, just um, to be talking to uh, the superintendent of the Navy, I and mean, he was also in charge of all the recruiting until my, in the United States. Uh, and, you know, uh, certainly uh, the, uh, the Navy Academy. Sir, what can you give uh me an antidote, one antidote, or how you improve minority representation at the U.S. Naval Academy? Sure. Uh, you know, I really all came from my time as a head Navy recruiter going around the country and seeing the talent that we had in all 50 states and and seeing a lot of um, very great schools. I mean, we have, we have trouble with some, but there are a lot of great schools producing technically, you know, really brilliant uh, young people. But they're going off to, to other colleges. And, and these uh, young people, when I go to conferences, just didn't know about the, the academies, any of them. And I know West Point and Air Force work hard at this, too. So we, we started to, you know, you know, or continue to engage these schools, get the parents and uh, the teachers and principals and that to come down and visit. And, and slowly get a, you know, get people to see, Hey, this is another great opportunity too. So we had a, we have a school in the Bronx that we engaged. No one had ever come from that school. It was a very successful school. We had a young lady who came out to see the Academy. She loved it. She went to a summer seminar, a one week program. She got an appointment. She really wanted to come, but she also had a full ride to MIT. I mean, that's, that's the standard we have this young African-American lady. But she really wanted to come to the academy. Her parents didn't want her to come. Ended up her brother had to drive her down to the Naval Academy uh, to follow her dream. And she did great with all the same challenges that Tenny Young had. But did great, out serving her country and, and that. So uh, a lot of it is just knowledge. And that, that's one of the, I guess, one other thing I'd point out is that a lot of America doesn't understand or know much about the military. And it's it's a challenge. Your show, I think, uh, certainly helps us educate. So I appreciate that. Vice Admiral, it's interesting that, that you bring that up because when from my experience with the, with the military, it seems like a whole world onto its own. And uh, a lot of the, the, the lessons and the, the management styles and things that are in the military, I think, should be implemented a lot more within the civilian world. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you, how your management style was developed and was it just from the military or did you take, uh, what you learned from the military and kind of adjust it into what you're doing today? No, I, I think I, I learned a lot from the military and the, the, the nuclear engineering submarine life. Um, you know, it's really important. You walk around a submarine and make sure there's nothing dripping, leaking, sparking, you know, doing anything. It could be a hazard. And, and with that, you, you walk around and you see people like we call them like lower level Louie. You know, the young enlisted person back in the most uncomfortable part of the submarine in the engine room, just, you know, doing his job. And you go back there like in the midwatch, you know, after midnight, just say, hey, how's it going? You'll get some very interesting, you know, feedback on, you know, rumors going around on, you know, we're going to get extended two weeks and all this. And like, where did that come from? But if you go and talk to the people doing the real work, you get some great feedback. I had the same thing in recruiting command. Now, that doesn't mean you don't keep the chain of command. You know, I empower them, hold them accountable. But then you go sample just by asking questions to people doing the real work. Is the chain of command supporting you? And there are many times when it's not doing as well as it could. And that's what leaders do then is step in and remove those impediments so everyone can be more successful. Um, Admiral, wow. um, this, this Joy Wright, and I want to say thank you for your service. And um, before I ask you a question, I just also want to say that I know you're very well respected from the Navy and uh, the submarine community. Uh, so thank you for everything that you've done. Um, my question is uh, on the lines of what Ray was talking about. We look at leadership and management styles, obviously, quite a bit. And you have been very successful in your career and continue to be. And from a 17-year-old boy that left and went off to the United States Naval Academy and graduated, um, and we had this young, you know, second lieutenant on, 
Do you feel that you utilize different management styles from being on the submarine to uh, being superintendent to being the lead recruiter? Or do you feel um, that there were a couple of things that you utilized and crossed over that you could give to these young people starting out, these second lieutenants and ensigns going into the fleet and civilian starting corporation jobs and things like that? What are some things that you could give them as far as tips to help them in management styles? Uh, very good question. First of all, I'd like to you know say greetings to you. I understand I my wife and I, you know, about one year into our marriage watched your husband <laughs> about thirty eight years thirty eight years ago. It's so. a small world, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It must have turned out okay. He absolutely <laughs> did. Fond, fond memories. I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's um, you know it's it's something where you evolve and, and you you practice leadership. It's like practicing medicine, practicing law. You get better all the time, and you have some sort of fundamental beliefs, uh, and they either get reinforced again and again and again, or some maybe don't apply in so many situations. So I just started kind of writing them down and thinking about them. Um, but the number one of the list is do the right thing. You know, you see a situation, uh, it's not right. Go fix it. It's really, really hard. I mean, it sounds like an easy concept. Just do the right thing. If you've all, you know, if quote unquote, the organization's always been doing it that way, but it's not the right thing. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of headwinds to, to fix that. You got to do it. Another one is like, no one to say no, no, we're just not going to do this because it's wrong. Um, Another one I like, because I was in a lot of new submarines that were just starting out, and we, we sort of moved them up to, to operational warships, is, you know, make it better even if you won't be around to see the results or even if you don't get credit for it. You know, I never won this badly, this, this award given to the best submarine in a squadron. But I think three of my four boats did immediately after I left. But some people say, oh. Gee, it must not have been very good. They kind of got rid of you, and, you know, things got better. <laughs> but I sort of learned the opposite. If an if a organization fails as soon as the leader leaves, he pats himself, he or she pats themselves on the back saying, oh, see how important I was? No, you just didn't develop your people, and you were not on the right trajectory, and, you know, you, you did a disservice to all of them. Two more on this, you know, deal with the cards you're dealt Guess what? Lieutenant Young had to graduate in a different style than he thought four years ago. There's a virus out there. You know, mm-hmm. guess what? You know, over the next career, however long, if it's five years or 32 like me, there'll be a lot of other disappointments and unexpected events. That's just part of life. And then we would just say, take responsibility, make mistakes, learn from them. Uh, you will make mistakes, learn from them and move on. So I'll just stop right there. Well, thank you so much for that. I think that those are obviously very valuable. And um, one of the things you said about developing people, all of it obviously very important. But I heard Second Lieutenant Young say, uh, I want to get out there and care for my people. And I think um, I absolutely agree with you 100%. When you leave a squadron or you leave the ship or the submarine or whatever unit um, he's going to Korea, when he leaves there, um, 100% agree. You want them developed and motivated. That's what I love to do is see what they do beyond you being there. And that legacy you leave um, from a motivational standpoint and having them prepared, I think that makes the difference, not just hoping they fail after you go. That would be a very disappointing thing as a leader. Yeah. Speaking of right. leadership, JC, I want to put you on the spot. I want to, I want to uh, you know, you're such a great leader in the community, and you've done such such amazing things. How does it feel to have all these young people that that you've you know given scholarships to or had at your breakfasts to be doing such amazing things? Well, I tell you, uh, it's, it's it's it feels great. It feels like we have contributed to our leadership of tomorrow. Uh, it seems like uh, it feels that you know we just like with uh, Lieutenant Young and the other fifteen. Uh, uh, of my 2016 class uh, graduated uh, on time in four years, I feel that we are in great shape because just like the Atmer just said, uh, there are always going to be some times of uh, adversity, meaning that uh, situation circumstances like the coronavirus or, or uh, uh, this march that's going on uh, or currently what's going on. Uh, but we have to just be able to deal with those things. And that's what we want to teach our future leaders of tomorrow to be able to cope with those things. 
Excellent. I always go back to it. My grandfather told me that one lesson. When you know better, you do better. So I think that's one of the greatest things in leadership. Once you have the information, once you know, you have to pass it back on to someone else. Absolutely. Hey, Amber, I got one quick question. I mean, uh, uh, sure. what do you consider uh, your biggest focus and contribution as uh, superintendent of the U.S. Naval Academy? Well, I think uh, one thing I'm, I'm most proud of is, you know, after spending three years in Navy recruiting and seeing all the talent out there and, and work with my classmate, Dean Lada, and my command master chief, Bond Banks, and, uh, you know, others that we've, we've talked about, you know, William Smiley's been on your show. Um, we just really, and, and talking about the fact people just don't know about us, we work very hard in the education aspect. And we did two aspects. One was out North Dakota, Wyoming, you know, the rural parts of America far away from the oceans. And the other was uh, minorities going off to these other wonderful schools. And the last, when I entered the academy, we had 24% uh, minority uh, uh, entrance, you know, people uh, being admitted. And the last two years we're at 35% and it has maintained that level the last 10 years. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't me. I helped facilitate it. Uh, but it's a lot of people working on you know, giving people a choice to come down here. And of course, once, you know, once you get people like Lieutenant Young who go back to their hometowns and they talk and they wear their uniform and talk about how wonderful this experience is, they encourage, you know, people down to, you know, the next generation or the younger, the underclassmen to consider it as well. So uh, I, I, you know, I think that's very important. Uh, Our enlisted ranks are pretty close to the demographics of America the officer ranks have a ways to go, but we're making progress, and uh, I was happy to be part of that. Well, thank you so much, uh, Admiral. And uh, well, we have to take a quick station break, right, JC? <laughs> yes, we got to take a station break. Admiral, thank you so much. Well, we're going to take you. a station break and come back with our our next guest, Danger Man. Uh, Danger it's your Man. life. I'm James right. <laughs> And this is Ray Leonard <laughs> Jr. <laughs> James and Ray have more motivation and inspiration for life's challenges still to come with It's Your Life on The Answer San Diego. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. It's Your Life is back. For more lessons on life, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Now here's your hosts, James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. Hey, Ray, man, I am excited about our next guest, man, because uh, he is doing some great things out in uh underserved uh, community inner cities. And I mean, he has, I mean, I tell you what, man, this, this guy's doing great thing. Actually, he is known around as danger man because, you know, he bring happiness and, and he bring inspiration and a lot of other great things uh, uh, to our communities. I'm excited. I'm excited about him, JC, because for, for me, when I was growing up, first thing I wanted to be was a superhero. 
but there, but there, <laughs> but there were no superheroes that looked like me. So, I, you know, I was frustrated. I said, maybe I can't do it, but it's inspiring to see something like this doing what he's doing. Well, we're going to bring Danger Man, or, or better known as Rogers Tinsley. And, uh, you know, sir, we got a lot of questions for you. You're doing some great things out there. And uh, welcome to the show. Well, can you hear me? We, we can hear you. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show. Okay. All right. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this is exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I was listening to the, your other guest, and I was so excited about uh, the Navy, all right, because I wanted to be uh, a Marine, okay, but I, I had eye problems as well. I, have, uh, I had sight problems, and um, I couldn't become a Marine, but uh, God bless them, and, and, and I love the military. Uh, you did. You did. The, you did the thing. Next best thing was become a superhero. And and I, I call a, a lot of the, our folks in the Navy are heroes. But uh, you know what? What you're doing matters too. And and we're excited to have you. So, how did you come up with Danger Man? Tell tell us a little bit about your background and and, and how the, how this came to fruition. Okay. Well, in in 1998, uh, after move, moving to uh, California, I used to be a uh, private investigator. I used to have my own firm in Denver, okay, called Action Jackson Protection Services, okay, for 16 years. And we did bodyguard work, we did security, we did background checks, a lot of bodyguard work. And so when I moved to California, I got tired of that snow, actually. When I moved <laughs> to California, I was, uh, there was an incident happened where uh, a young girl, uh, four years old, uh, was shot by you know, a stray bullet from a gang member's gun in East Los Angeles. And when I heard that story, God, it impacted me so. That morning, I said, oh, my God. Because back in 1998, you didn't have kids, you know, getting shot like they do now. Now, you know, it's like every day somebody's getting shot. But then it wasn't, uh, it wasn't an everyday occurrence. So, you know, it was, it was just it just broke my heart. I said, here we are in the greatest country in the land and our kids are in danger. Mm. You know, I said, so I got to come up with something. I, I took an oath that day to help to keep our kids safe and keep them out of danger. And, uh, but I, I didn't come up with the name or what exactly I was going to do. I was like, how am I going to do that? Okay. You know, cause that's <laughs> a big job. Okay. And, um, I went to go see this movie uh, with Samuel L. Jackson and Gina Davis called Long Kiss Goodnight. Mm -hmm. And in that movie, Samuel L. Jackson was a uh, private investigator, and he was helping Gina Davis who had lost her memory. And, and, and in that movie, he went through everything, okay? He got shot. He got ran over. He got beat up, you know, trying to help her. So at the end of that movie, when I came out of the movie, I said, wow, he was like a like a danger man, okay? Right. And that's what I'll do. I'll become danger man. Wow. Wow, that's, that's <laughs> interesting. Hey, what are some of the things that uh, uh, danger man does in the communities uh, to uh, help uh, ease some of the problems that we have? Well, what we do is um, we, we go to schools and boys and girls clubs and community events and empower children to read because reading is one of the most important skills that they need to have. Okay. We empower them to read and to live their best life through education and by living a healthy lifestyle. And that healthy lifestyle means no drugs, no guns, no gangs. And so when we go into the, these communities, we give them books, um, you know, some, we read to them because a lot of kids don't, they got TVs in every room in the house, but they don't have any books. Okay. And uh, so books are important. And, you know, it's good things, how to be good people and how to do the right thing, okay? Because a lot of them don't hear that in their communities about don't tell a lie, always be honest, always tell the truth. So we instill these goals into these young people. Amazing. Wow. Excellent, excellent. So and do, I do it, I do it as danger men in my costume. It's great. So, so do you, do you have any kids? And, and uh, if so, what do you, what do your kids think about uh, uh, you being Danger Man? That's funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I had I had to, I had to jest because I had to ask my, the question because I know what my kids would think if I was a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Well, my daughter is thirty six and she's a, a a teacher. Actually, she's an assistant principal 
at her school, and she just got her uh, PhD last week. Okay, wow! And uh, she just kind of shakes her head. She says, "Okay, Dad. Okay, you want to be a superhero? That's good. Okay, <laughs> you know." <laughs> you know? And uh, so, and both of my parents were teachers, so uh, they know they they were great role models, and uh, they understood exactly why I do what I do. Well, I, I applaud what you do, and I, and I think you know. Finding a way, we talk about having an action-based life, and, and you said, I want to make a difference, and you got up and found a way to make a difference. Um, what other advice would you give to anybody else that, that's, that's looking to make a difference and, and get stalled by their mind or worrying about what they're doing is not making a big enough impact? Well, I would tell people to think out of the box, okay, and take a look and find a problem and find a way to solve it. Look at finding something to do and 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 finding a solution for it. Don't go after a career for the money or for the prestige, but find something where you can honestly make a difference and feel good when you go to sleep at night that you've done something to help somebody else. That's why I do what I do. And I put on my suit, you know, people used to look crazy at me when I first started in, in 1998. You know, there were a lot of uh, white supremacists that, that used to uh, give me negative comments. I used to get threatened on YouTube, okay? And uh, people wouldn't believe, said, you're actually in a superhero suit? What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, that, 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 was, that was back when we had um, telephone booths we could, we could go into and change to. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but but now, now it's a little different now. Yeah, it is. That's right. So, Hey, Danger Man. Uh, I'm sorry, Rick. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jay. A danger man, uh, uh, reading a lot of the stuff that you that I got. Uh, you are a recording artist, you have comic books, you are a filmmaker and a motivational speaker. And, uh, yes, sir. You go about managing all of that. Well, um, I have a great assistant and uh, I have a lot of energy, okay, and I enjoy it. It's like it's like a new adventure for me. And, uh, uh, you know, like being a recording artist, you know, that just happened like, uh, like a year ago. I said, and, and it just it hit me. I said, you know what? I'm going to make a song. And at two o'clock in the morning, I was on the rooftop of a, of a 73rd story building in downtown Los Angeles. And I wrote my song. And next thing you know, my, <laughs> it's on every music plat- platform around the world. Okay. And uh, I'm, and we're just getting ready to release our second film, okay? It's called Danger Man Returns, okay? Because my first film was called Girls Aren't For Sale. It was about human trafficking, where Danger Man goes after these traffickers that are trafficking women and children, okay? And so, you know, it just it never stops, okay? And then my other project is Danger Man's Books, Not Bullets. I travel around the country giving out books to kids and talking to kids about books and reading over guns and violence. That's, that's amazing. And, and you take on some topics that people are scared to have conversations about. And so I, I honor you for that. Um, tell us, tell us the audience where they can find information about what you do and, and, and how to, how to follow danger man and, and get more information. Like whether they want your books, your films, where can they find it? Okay. You can find me on all the social media sites, Danger Man Urban. And if you Google me, Danger Man uh, Urban Superhero, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Zoom, Instagram, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my home site. I love LinkedIn. I have over 30,000 people that follow us every day. Wow. And, um, or you could just email us at urban.superhero at gmail.com. Okay. And, uh, you know, we, we, we travel, or we even go to Haiti once a year. Okay. They love danger man in Haiti. Those kids, those boys and girls over there, they're so excited and they really want to learn. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. I'd I, I, I love to do something with danger man one day. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I, I always want to be a superhero. Maybe I could be a sidekick sometime. Hey, danger man. We really appreciate you taking the time to come on our show and share your insights. And Thank wow. You. you know, I tell you, Ray. Uh, yes. Yeah, so continue doing great things out there. 
Hey, Ray, I, I tell you, man, uh, uh, the title of our show today was Soar Like an Eagle. And uh, as you heard, our guests, um, all of them are soaring or have soared and continue to soar. And so we want to encourage uh, our listeners out there, our youth, our future leaders of tomorrow to dream big, think big and be big at everything they do. Yeah, uh, and it's 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 great. And every time I come down here to do the show, it's just inspiring the people that we're able to have on, and want to keep doing it, and you know, giving the best inspiration and motivation to everyone out there. And we hope if you want to support the show, we're we're open for for advertisers and and uh, and supporters and sponsors. So make sure you follow us on all the social media and on Facebook Live and uh, here on the Answer San Diego and, and in Dallas as well. Absolutely. And we want to thank our guests. We want to thank uh, Second Lieutenant uh, Desmond Young. We want to thank uh, Vice Admiral Jeffrey Fowler. We want to thank Danger Man, uh, which is Roger Tinsley. And we want to thank especially our listening audience out there for, you know, just listening and supporting us. And uh, I'll tell you, Ray, it's that time again. Oh, man, we got to go. <laughs> I guess we got to do it. <laughs> but we'll be back next Tuesday yeah. and uh, listen to the show every Saturday. And I, I want to especially thank uh, Dr. Joy. Dr. Joy, you're always welcome on the show. Uh, continue to dream big, think big, and be big. Uh, it's your life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. Join James and Ray next week at this same time for more It's Your Life, where you'll learn how to dream big, think big, and be big. For more about James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr., how you can support the show or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Come back next week at this same time for more motivation and inspiration on how you can become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow.